That, my friends, is the sound of another sale on Shopify. And let me tell you, when I first started podcasting, I was not thinking about an online store at all. I was just excited that I had figured out how to basically create an audio file and get it out into the universe. I wasn't thinking about the possibilities or what things would look like years on down the road. And now that I'm selling books and decks and meditation scripts, I have found that not only is an online store so important, but it is so easy now that I've discovered Shopify. And Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out or maybe you just hit your millionth sale. Shopify has amazing support to help you along the way, and it helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, and it's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And like, honestly, the one thing I wish I would have done differently with my online store is just started it sooner. And Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., And the reason is, is because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. So you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga For You. I'm Kelly, and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something that is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, I want to tell you about BetterHelp because they are on a mission to make professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime, anywhere. I know I personally really loved working with my BetterHelp counselor this spring when I was trying to cope with just all of the changes that was happening in my life, learning I was going to be a mom for the first time, dealing with having you know a husband working in the healthcare system right now, and just there was just a lot of life stressors. And I found BetterHelp to be so easy and, well, helpful. I got the support that I needed without having to leave my house, and now you can too. BetterHelp is offering 10% off your your first month for Mindful Minutes listeners just by visiting betterhelp.com slash minutes. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash minutes for 10% off your first month. And now on with your meditation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode, this freeform episode of the Mindful Minutes podcast. It is the special anniversary slash birthday I use them both interchangeably, so I probably need to decide on one. I think birthdays maybe are a little more fun than anniversaries, so we can call it the birthday episode. But three years ago today, I released the first ever episode of the Mindful Minutes podcast. So yeah, pretty pretty special. I had... um, Well, I guess technically the first episode was released on the 16th of October, uh, the trailer... And then I had the mini-sode that was released 
um, today, three years ago, and then on October 30th. That's what I'm calling like the official birthday. That's when I had the first full meditation. But today is kind of just, it's like the birthday. And I'm really excited about it. And I can't believe that it's been three years. It feels like no time, but also so much time. So I guess happy birthday to Mindful in Minutes, to my podcast. And I wanted to have a little bit of fun with you and also share um, an announcement. I have a new project that I've been working on for months. But I wanted to first thank you for being here. If you've been with me since 2017, thank you. Wow. (laughs) If this is the first time you are ever listening to my voice, thank you. And if you have listened to me a few times, whatever it is, thank you for being here and for practicing meditation with me and letting me share what I love. And um, if this is your first episode listening, though, listen to some others as well, because these freeform episodes are a little bit different than what I usually create. So I would, if you love this one, there's some other free forms, um, but also check out the guided meditations. So yeah, just thank you. I'm going to talk a little bit today about what it was like starting this podcast three years ago, um, but I basically wanted to kind of just reflect on like what I've learned, what's different, um, what's been going on over the last three years, just kind of reflecting on three years of podcasting because I it just seems like such a long time and and it was kind of nice to sit down and and just reflect and think about um, just everything. And so that's mostly what I'll be talking about today. Um, And I will be sharing a really big announcement and then I'm going to answer some of your questions. So just a good old AMA to and ask me anything to kind of wrap it up. So first, I want to make an announcement. I've been working on a project. You've probably seen me tease it for a little bit on social media or heard me talk about a project I've been working on. I kind of have been referring to it as my quarantine pregnancy project because I have just, as we all have, been spending you know a lot more time inside. I'm obviously not traveling, but also um, I've had a little more space to create, not, not necessarily as much energy to create. Um, because this baby really is sort of sucking all the life and energy out of me. Um, But I've had more space and also more time where I've needed to kind of rest and elevate my feet. And so I can spend lots of times kind of like, you know, typing away and doing all that. And um, yeah, so I have been working on a new podcast. That's what this new project is. It is a podcast that I have been creating while at home and in quarantine and elevating my feet and doing all of the things. And I'm finally ready to share it with you. Um, For the last few months, I've been working on uh, a real passion project of mine, and it's called Meditation Mama. So what is it? It is um, a Mindful in Minutes spinoff, and it'll be a 16-episode miniseries that is all guided meditations for expectant mothers like me, so um, meditations for pregnancy and delivery. And it was very much something, you know, when they say innovation is a product of necessity, it was something that I just felt like when I was looking for something like this um, over the last now eight and a half months, it just wasn't there. So, and, and I was really sad about that because 
we all need meditation at different stages of life. And I don't know why someone hasn't done this. So I decided that I was going to put together the meditations that I've been doing during this time. And it'll be a collection of my personal meditations. And there'll also be a few guests. So some really incredible people in the field um, that will be sharing meditations as well. And yeah, that's it. So I've been creating Meditation Mama. That's the big project I've been working on. And this new podcast is going to officially launch on October 26th. And it will air every Monday for 16 weeks. So I've been working on it. I've been creating it. It will be running while I'm on maternity leave. And my hope with this podcast is to just create a resource for women and to also help kind of grow the the network and share resources and and basically create the thing that I wish I would have had during this pregnancy. So keep an eye out for that. Something that I would deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate, even if this doesn't apply to you, even if you are like, Kelly, I am just pregnancy will never be my thing. And that's totally fine. Um, but I would still really appreciate if you consider when it launches sharing it with others. The absolute hardest part about podcasting is just getting the word out. And this is something that I'm really excited about and also feel really passionately about and it would just mean the world to me if when it launches um, you would be willing to share it and tell people about it because that's the number one way that um, these things get out so just something to think about and that is my big announcement so as I celebrate the I guess third birthday of my first podcast baby I'm having another podcast baby (laughs) so I made a baby while I was making a baby But yeah, that's it. So I will obviously keep you updated on that. And yeah, that's my announcement. So now let's chat. So I've been spending some time reflecting on the last three years. So thinking about what has surprised me, what's changed, lessons I've learned, all of that. And I thought putting it together in an episode for you might be fun and a little bit different. So I've kind of broken it down into um, things that surprised me, things that I've learned, and things that have changed. And I tried to come up with maybe three things. Can you tell there's a theme here? Three things for a third birthday um, for each one. So I want to start with what has surprised me when I was reflecting on the last three years. So I think, honestly, one of the biggest things that surprised me was how many people listen to this podcast and how much it has grown over the last three years. Um, I started Mindful in Minutes and I started it when, you know, I I think I've shared this story before on the podcast, but it was um, right when I had sold my studio in Missouri and was moving to Michigan. And I wanted to not only start shifting my business into something that was location independent because I knew I'd be making a few moves after that and I didn't have a desire to like open and run another studio at that point, but I also wanted to create something that my students back in Missouri, because I miss them, could continue to use even though I was in a different part of the U.S. So, and I always enjoyed listening to podcasts and I thought, okay, well, this might be kind of a fun way, a fun free way for my students to be able to continue to practice with me and, you know, use my meditations from anywhere. And that's really what inspired me to start this podcast. And I really had no expectations whatsoever. I mean, I I remember thinking like, 
wow, wouldn't it be so cool if like I had a thousand downloads on an episode or, you know, when I first released the first episode, I think maybe there was like 50 downloads. I'm sure like half of them were my own mother. And and I was just like, wow. When at first I was like, wow, I have, you know, a hundred people listen to this. And then it was a thousand people listen to this. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And it really, really genuinely shocked me and continues to shock me and it's something that I feel really 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 grateful for and it just it's just really incredible because it's something that um I just think about you know people all over the world that are meditating and you know working through their stuff and doing this practice and this work and um it's really not only cool, but very, very humbling. And it also helps me to kind of have like some faith in humanity and to think about just all of the people that are are meditating and, and really, you know, accessing their higher selves and doing these incredible things. And, um, and the fact that there's so many people that are willing to let me guide them and uh, appreciate my work, but also, you know, are so uplifting and supportive of me just creating things that I love and kind of putting them out into the universe. And it's just really shocking. I don't know. I I really don't have the words for it because it's just something I think that when you go into a new project, often it's important to not really have expectations like I did with this podcast. And, you know, it's, it's, I didn't have expectations, but it's grown a lot. And, and the community, the Mindful Minutes community is a really beautiful and supportive one. And it's really just awe-inspiring to me. And I've, I'm also incredibly grateful for the doors that it's opened for me and the fact that, you know, not only I'd be happy just sharing these meditations and still creating and sharing the things that I love, but now that I can really focus on it and it's a part of like my livelihood and my business and it allows me to be able to continue to do like trainings and retreats and all these things is something that I never in a million years could have thought would have happened and it's something that I'm just so grateful for like every single day so it's probably the number one and biggest surprise is just how this community has grown over the last three years and so that's why you know often I like to start episodes just by saying thank you because I know that it's all just because of you that you know you right now listening to my voice in your headphones or in your car whatever it is um, you know you're a part of this community and and you are not only doing incredible work and I think it's beautiful and amazing that you are dedicated to your meditation practice and kind of accessing that higher part of you but that you are allowing me to do something that I've dreamt of and to you know be able to sit in my closet at home and share things that are so personal and special to me in a practice that I love and be able to do it and and do it every single week so yeah I'm just so grateful for for all of you and just what this podcast has become and afforded me and um, the fact that you know I get to do what I love for my job I think the second thing that surprised me was I've learned how much I enjoy writing and also how this podcast has made me more present in my everyday life. So I never really thought of myself as like a creative person. Um, 
I've always thought of myself as like a very kind of practical, logical, um, you know, direct, almost like logistical list writing numbers person. And I always thought of creative people as like artists or like artsy people or people who, you know, could paint or draw or create in some way. And, um, And I've really started to learn how much I love using writing as a form of expression and, um, you know, a way to be creative. And when I first started writing meditations, it was something that was just a little bit harder at first with anything. I mean, the more, you know, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with it. But at first I remember, you know, it it was kind of hard and I, I didn't really allow my creativity to flow as much. I was trying to just kind of dictate a practice and, um, you know, kind of stick to not necessarily the rules, but just stick to, you know, kind of cut and dry leading someone through a meditation practice and not getting as creative and working with imagery and, you know, just all sorts of different like topics and themes and um, settings and all sorts of different things and really kind of challenging myself and pushing myself to kind of explore and push the boundaries of what meditation and guided meditation is. And I just learned how much I really enjoy writing and being creative. And most of this and most of the inspiration that comes for, um, comes, you know, for my meditations is either my own personal practice, so what I'm doing while I'm meditating, and also experiences from my everyday life. So I've really found myself becoming more present, which I love because I find inspiration from so many things, whether it's just, you know, walking my dog outside and just being present and watching like the leaves falling and having that then inspire a meditation or being more present with how I'm feeling. And so if I'm feeling frustrated and then I use my meditation to work on like quelling that frustration to then let, you know, my creativity flow and have that inspire a meditation that I write for you. And really being present in my life for all experiences, not just, you know, the cool travels and, you know, the good moments, but just being present in general has really helped my creativity open up. And it's something that I'm really grateful for and that I've been appreciating about life. And I've just learned that I really like writing and I like using written word as a form of expression. And then finally, um, this is, you know, I, I talked a little bit about this when I talked about the first one, but I think something that surprised me is the opportunities that have been afforded to me just from sitting in my closet and sharing what was written in my heart. And when I talk about opportunities, um, I really think about the opportunities, not just to travel, but the opportunities to kind of grow the network and be able to offer trainings and things that I was already doing, but be able to do it kind of more on a global scale, which is a dream that I've always had because I I know that there's people out there that are kind of yearning to learn how to do these things and want to serve their students and be able to share meditation or yoga nidra or restorative yoga and being able to have a platform like this where then I can share, you know, the events and the trainings and things um, with anyone anywhere is really cool and and shocking. And I can't believe like how many countries, you know, people are listening to this podcast. And it's also really great, like when I get to either meet a lot of you either in person on retreat or at trainings, but also just like online, if you just kind of pop into my DMs and say hi. And I just love learning and hearing from all of you. And there's just been some really 
cool doors that have opened up because of this podcast. And it's absolutely not something if you would have asked me three years ago. I mean, maybe if you said, okay, what's like your wildest dream? Like what would be the craziest thing that could ever come from this podcast? I probably would have said something like, I don't know, like maybe I can, you know, share my work and my trainings and, you know, outside of the U.S. or other places. And, um, and, and it's happening. It's not currently happening, but it's something that, you know, kind of came to fruition through this podcast. So that was a big surprise that I had. And then I reflected on what I have learned. And there has been a lot learned, a lot of growth, a lot of mistakes, a lot of, you know, good, bad, ugly um, I mean, every day there's something to be learned. And so to think back, you know, on like three years or like a thousand days, if there's something to be learned every single day, um, just doing this podcast, then, you know, with all those days added up, there's lots that I've learned. And so the first one is go in with pure intentions and no expectations. So podcasting is definitely not for the faint of heart. (laughs) It's not a get rich quick scheme. Um, I always tell people, a lot of people that ask, they say, you know, Kelly, I want to start my own podcast, this or that. And I always say, just go in with pure intentions. Don't have expectations. Podcasting is a slow burn. It just has to be from your heart and you have to be motivated by creating and sharing what you love and not by, you know, kind of having this big, huge, you know, big behemoth of a podcast, which, you know, I would not by any means consider Mindful Minutes a big behemoth of a podcast. But, um, you know, you really have to go in because you love what you're sharing and what you're creating on your podcast and not necessarily because, you know, you want to have this huge audience or you want to start monetizing your podcast or having a bunch of doors open for you. I've been very fortunate to have some of those things happen to me over, you know, years and years of creating weekly content. Um, But it's definitely not for the faint of heart. And so I think if you go in without expectations, you just go in wanting to share what you have to share, that that's something that not only are you not setting yourself up for disappointment or failure, if it it takes longer, if you don't, you know, hit that that goal or those numbers, um, as long as it keeps boiling down to, you know, sharing what you love and having a passion for it. And um, really, that's just, you know, the biggest thing. And also to go in um, without expectations and to know that it's not all about, you know, the business or just diversifying your offerings and that it's okay. And it's, you know, you one, you shouldn't be afraid to flop, but it's okay to, you know, try something and just have no expectations and say, I'm just going to give this a try. And to not allow yourself to say, you know, well, maybe only 50 people will listen to it. And if you go on with the expectations saying, you know, I want 50,000 people listening to it, when you don't hit that number, you're just going to feel disappointed. And and it, if you don't have the heart in it and you're just going after those numbers, it, it won't feel fulfilling. And you will just spend hours and hours and hours a week creating something and feeling like there's, you know, no payoff or no reason behind it. So if you just go in kind of with an open heart and a passion for what you're sharing and an excitement and no expectations. You just want to share it because it makes you happy and you like creating um, that that's something that not only am, have I learned over you know these last few years of podcasting, but it's something that I've then been trying to apply to different aspects of my business and different things that I'm doing, you know, just asking myself, well, 
with no expectations, um, you know, and good intentions. Like, why am I creating this? Why am I doing this? And if if I have a hard time answering why or the answer is, you know, because, you know, if the answer is anything but, you know, it makes me happy or this is something that I really want to share, um, then I know that it might not be the right choice for me or it might not be the right path to make. So that's something that I've learned over the last three years is to really just go in to new projects and new endeavors with just pure intentions and absolutely no expectations. And it just creates a lot more um, joy in your life and takes the pressure off. Another thing that I've learned is to follow your intuition and to not let others mute your voice. So something that happened to me that I've never talked about before over the course of the last three years um, was probably one of the hardest experiences of my life. And I think I'm finally ready to share it. Um, But we'll see as I'm recording this if, (laughs) if it turns out I wasn't ready to share it or it's too hard to talk about, I will probably just delete it out of this episode. But um, I I would say maybe around the start of the podcast and into the first year of the podcast, um, I found myself in a situation in which I decided to, and I, I'm absolutely not going to name any names or, you know, talk about specific um businesses or brands or anything like that um, because I don't that just doesn't feel right to me I'm not here to drag anyone or to um, place blame on anyone I just I really I just share my experience in hopes that if someone else is experiencing this that they can either know that they're not alone or um, I don't know maybe find a little solace in what I'm sharing but I found myself uh, in a situation in which I had accepted a job teaching at a yoga studio that was near my, you know, in my geographical area at that point. And from the minute that I walked in to that place, there was something in my intuition that said that it wasn't right and that the person that um, owned this space and the person, you know, that would be my boss, that there was something not right, not safe about them. And I ignored my intuition and I thought, um, well, this looks like a great move on paper. I'm new to the area. It seems like a good, you know, popular place. It'd be a great way to, you know, get my name out there and to keep teaching. And it just, it looked right on paper. Um, but the minute I walked in there and, and, you know, when I reflect on it, and this is something that, you know, I, I, it's taken me years to share. Um, and even now I'm, you know, I hope I'm ready to share it. Um, but I just knew that it wasn't right and it wasn't safe. And I ignored that part of me and I ignored my intuition. And that's probably one of the greatest regrets that I have is ignoring that intuition. Um, and also I I let this person um, basically be verbally and emotionally abusive during my time working there. And, um, you know, more or less what was happening was I was being... I was being abused and I was being belittled and I was being made to feel, you know, unsafe through a lot of different, whether it's, you know, it was communications or being watched on um, security cameras and then, um, you know, being told just really awful things, really hurtful things, um, you know, being told that, you know, I was a horrible teacher and, you know, my classes were so sleepy and that, 
you know, everyone really hated me and were, you know, they, they laughed at me and my podcast behind my back. And, um, you know, that I, I w- would be nothing without this person if they hadn't given me a job or they hadn't given me this opportunity. And, um, you know, I was just, I was so young and inexperienced and I was a joke. And, you know, those are some of the, the nicer things that this person said. And, um, If there are two things that are for certain in my life right now, it is that one, I'm really trying to prioritize the food that I put in my body because I know what I feed myself. I end up feeding baby Poppy. And two, I do not have a lot of time. And even if I have aspirations of having these great balanced meals, sometimes I just do not have enough time to follow through on that, which is why I'm so happy that I have discovered Factor. And Factor makes these delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're fresh. They're never frozen. They're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So they are perfect for me on those really busy mom days when both kids are going crazy. And they're perfect for my husband when he has long shifts at the hospital. He doesn't really get a meal break, so he can just pop one in the microwave and it's ready in just two minutes. And I love that they are no fuss, no mess meals, and they're good. They're really good. Plus, you can customize your weekly meals with flexibility so you can get as much or as little as you need. We need different amounts on different weeks, and so this is perfect for us. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverage. So it really is just perfect for us. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. It was probably one of the hardest and most damaging experiences that I had had not only because, I mean, it's very hard to have someone, especially someone like in your field that's supposed to be your boss, um, you know, it's supposed to know more than you and um, be a teacher to you and and help uh, just be so blatantly horrible. But probably the thing that made it so bad was that, like, I kept going back and I kept working there for quite a while, even though it really, really left long lasting damage to just my heart and my soul and all of these things. And, um, you know, it's something that just through years of like therapy and working through it, um, it really just left me very, very, very hurt and damaged almost to this day. I mean, even talking about it, I can feel myself like my heart is starting to race and I'm getting a little bit sweaty because it just, even thinking about that situation, was just so horrible and it led to me having to walk away from you know a training I was leading in the middle of it which absolutely broke my heart um, because it got to a point in which it I wasn't just kind of being belittled and um, you know having a lot of verbal abuse thrown my way and emotional abuse but I was um, something happened two things happened that that made me feel legitimately unsafe and it wasn't until then that I thought, okay, you know, this – and it's it's so hard when you're in a situation like that because you don't always fully see it um, when you're in it. And then when you finally walk away, you just think, oh, my gosh, how did I let myself be treated like that for so long? And it wasn't until I genuinely um, – some things were happening or I was made to feel unsafe and I, you know, had to 
ultimately, you know, almost get the police involved and it was a whole thing. And, you know, that was the final straw where then I walked away from it. And I think one of the hardest parts, or at least one of the the things that has, you know, been stuck to me about that for so long is not just, you know, that I, one, that I didn't trust my gut to begin with. And that's something that then once I got out of that situation, I just made a promise to myself. And thankfully, I've, you know, kept it up until this point where I just said, you know, I I will never ignore my intuition, especially if it tells me that someone or something is not safe. Because every single time in my life where I've ignored my intuition, it has ended up horribly, horribly wrong. And this was just, I just decided that was absolutely the last time I was ever going to do that um, to myself. So definitely something I've learned. I, I apologize. This, this one's a little bit heavy, but I, I think it's important and it's, you know, the truth of something that I was going on, you know, that was happening in the last few years. But um, so not only to follow my intuition and to if someone, even if it looks great on paper or everyone says, oh, no, that person's good or, you know, oh, that'd be a great opportunity. Like if your gut says don't do it, do not do it. And that's something that I unfortunately finally had to learn like the hard way. Um, But maybe even more than that, I think one of the things that still sticks with me is the fact that I – in a way, believed this person, Um, you know, when they were saying that, you know, everyone laughs about me behind my back because of my, you know, podcast and it's so bad and, um, you know, everyone thinks I'm a bad teacher and all of these things. Like, I let that kind of seep into my mind and into my heart and it really not only hurt my confidence as a teacher, um, But it's also every once in a while, I still catch myself with like a little bit of this insecurity that was very much rooted from this person and from the things that they were saying. And and that, you know, every once in a while, I still hear that little, you know, voice creep into my mind that says, you know, you're not good enough. Maybe people are are laughing at you or, you know, they are embarrassed to say that they know you. Or, you know, you'll never be successful. No one will ever care. And it's like every once in a while when I'm really, really having a hard time, it's like that little voice in the back of my head can sometimes creep in and I have to immediately say, you know, no, that's not that's not true. Um, and that's not right. And, you know, I have to remind myself that, you know, it's okay, that I'm, I'm safe, that that's in my past, that that person is just so far removed and um, that situation is so far removed. And when I look back, I just feel so sad about the whole thing. Um, but I also recognize that, that that experience was a really, you know, transformational one. And although I, I left and I walked away before, you know, anything serious happened or any of those things that made me feel unsafe, you know, actually happened – um, that kind of the the wounds I left with weren't physical, but there's still something to be said. You know, you can have a thousand people say something nice to you, but it will never drown out that one kind of negative or cruel thing that someone will say to you. And um, and so I have to remind myself, you know, when I do sometimes hear that voice of the negative or the unkind kind of creep in, you know, with people saying unkind things and um you know and it still happens now not not by any means to you know the the extreme that i experienced but you know whatever internet trolls people sending sassy emails those kind of, i mean it happens or people just leaving a one star review being like this person's an idiot 
you know, they don't know what they're talking about or, you know, whatever. People aren't always nice. I don't have to tell you that. Um, And it's hard to not let that stick to you and stick in your mind. So another thing that I've really, really learned over the last three years is to not allow others to kind of not only not mute your voice, but to not allow others to dictate your self-worth or to skew you from knowing who you are and what's true to you. So if someone is telling you something that doesn't align with that, do not listen. And I'm not talking about ignoring feedback. I'm saying, you know, if there's someone, you know, like I had that person that just said, um, you know, you're a joke. You're a joke of this town. Everyone laughs at you and, and you know, the fact that you think you can, like, have a podcast. Um, your meditations are horrible. Like, people only listen to them to laugh at them. And, I mean, in the moment and even repeating that now, it just hurts my heart so much. But it's also, like, that's not true. And it's also not true to who I am. And I have to remember in those moments going back to, you know, someone's saying, you know, leaving a mean one-star review or whatever, that I have to remember who I am and I have to remember what's true to me and that I can't let others dictate my self-worth. And I also can't let others, you know, be the thing that dictates whether or not I give up on my dream. And probably a lot of you have already figured that out. Um, Unfortunately, it took me, you know, kind of a a rough road to figure that out for myself. And I think a lot of it too is just like age and building up confidence over time and, um, you know, having the ability of hindsight. But that was something that I really struggled with and that I've I've learned over the last three years is to not only just follow my intuition, but to not let others kind of dictate my value and to not let others mute my voice and and, um, stop me from following my dream because of unkind things that they're saying. So this was definitely a hard, probably the hardest lesson I had to learn, um, but a crucial one. And so many other things that I've learned through that. Um, you know, that I've applied then to other aspects of my life. And probably one of the main reasons that I share this story is because if anyone's listening and you think that you might potentially be in an abusive work environment um, like I was, or even if, you know, if it sounds anything remotely like what I'm experiencing, please walk away from it if you can. I know it's so much trickier and a lot of times we don't talk about abusive work environments um you know we think of abuse in other terms and you think oh well you know no one's hitting me at work or whatever it is and if if you are experiencing this kind of a thing and of course it's always a little bit trickier with work right because your paycheck is attached to it that was one of the reasons why I stayed so long Um, my husband my family was relying on me to get the bills paid so just walking away from a job without anything lined up was just terrifying but also could have you know completely just ruined my family and so I I understand the complexity of that um but also like you do not deserve to be treated like that and that is also not normal and it's not okay and if someone is treating you that way talk to people about it if you can report it to HR report it to HR my experience you know it's just a small independently run business there was no HR my only way of keeping myself safe was just walking away and everything turned out okay and the only thing I regret is not walking away sooner and that's it and and so I I think that it's important and that's really the main reason why I share 
that because it's hard. You know, that experience is really hard to share. And it's probably one of the lowest and darkest times of my life going through that. It just left so much damage that I feel like I've been trying to rebuild since then. But um, I share it mostly because if anyone is listening to that story and it sounds like something you're experiencing, that's not okay. And that's not right. And, you know, that is abuse. And, you know, do whatever you can to to get out of that and know that I'm here for you and and that that's just not okay. And I wish I would have had someone, you know, in the moment, even though people would, you know, hear stories or these things, and I'd be, they would kind of say like, oh, that's really mean or that's not okay. But I didn't have anyone like sit me down and be like, no, that's actually abuse. Like that's abusive behavior. And what they're doing is making you feel unsafe and that's not okay. And I wish I would have had someone that would have laid it out for me like that. Um, but they didn't. But thankfully, I was able to kind of get out of that in time. Um and, you know, not all parts of life are great and rosy, but um, that's probably, I think, when I think over the last three years, you know, I think of all the highs, but that was probably the lowest low. And But it was also one of the biggest learning experiences that I had in the last three years of my life. So, sorry, I made that really heavy. Um, or maybe I'm just feeling heavy because I was, you know talking about it and thinking about all these people that are going to hear this this story. Um, but it's the truth. It's something that I experienced. So the third thing that I learned was how healing and transformative the practice of meditation can be and also how simple it is. And that kind of comes out of, um, you know, the second thing that I really learned over the last three years, which is um, how healing and helpful the practice of meditation can be. That's something that I really relied on during that time, that dark time of my life. And it was also something that um, those experiences really did kind of help in a way kind of fuel my my podcast because I would, you know, I'd be feeling like my soul was broken or I'd be feeling frustrated or I'd be feeling alone. And then I would meditate on that and try to work on that in myself and then create a meditation that then I would put on the podcast and share with all of you. Um, And I, I, attribute so much of you know my healing from that traumatic experience not only with um you know I mean lots of therapy um and getting out of that situation but I do attribute so much of my meditation practice and doing the internal work and doing like there's just a point where I truly just felt like my soul was broken and using the practice of meditation to kind of put those pieces back together has been just so transformative and powerful for me. And and it's also just so simple. I mean, I don't spend hours and hours and hours a day meditating. Even just 10, 15 minutes has been so great for me. Um, you know, not only during that tough time, but just basically during all times of life, whether it's good or bad or in between or whatever, that it really helps. And then that's been reaffirmed with me just from hearing from so many of you, like what you're experiencing and how you've been using meditation to either get through tough times or to, you know, transform or grow and evolve. And um, I love hearing those stories because it's always just a reminder of um, just how powerful this practice is and how transformative it is, even just, you know, simple, less than 20 minute guided meditations and how much they can help. And I actually, I have this, um, I have this notebook and, um, I've, I have this notebook and it's on a bookcase in my office and I keep, um, any handwritten 
letter that I get from someone, you know, maybe at a training or a retreat or a student that I work with in person. And also a lot of times when people send an email <clears throat> I'm sharing just their experience with meditation and how it's changed and helped them and how my podcast has helped. And a lot of times I print it out and I put it in that notebook. And then on the days that I feel like um, I feel like quitting or, you know, that voice creeps in saying that you're not good enough or, you know, everyone's laughing at you or, you know, your meditations are horrible. Then I go back to those notes and I, I read them and they remind me, you know, kind of why I'm doing this and um, and it helps. So just a little, a little secret. So you, if you've ever written me a really nice email, it may have made its way into this little notebook that I read when I'm feeling sad or down or feel like quitting. So those are things that I have learned over the last three years. And then, so I guess then the final section is, you know, what, what has changed over the last three years, which when I sat down to really reflect on it, I just was, the first thing I wrote, because I was kind of journaling a little bit, it was, OMG, what hasn't changed? <laughs> Which is so true, but I think we could all probably think in our lives, you know, the last three years, like what what has changed? It would probably be like, well, what hasn't changed? Um, so, you know, I look back over the three years and there's like hardly anything other than this podcast and like my dog Mila still being the love of my life. That is the same. I mean, I've I've lived in several different places Um you know, I'm in a new stage of life. I'm in my 30s instead of my 20s. I am about to become a mother. It's very possible I'm I'm recording this episode a little bit early. And actually, all the episodes that you'll be listening to um, for the rest of kind of this fall season have been recorded early because it's very possible that I, you know, don't have a baby in my belly anymore than I have a baby in my arms right now when you're listening to this, which is just insane. Um, you know, my business has shifted to being 100% location independent. I just work for myself. Um, My priorities are different. My dreams are different. I mean, everything is different. And in some ways, three years feels like forever, but also sometimes it feels like just, you know, the blink of an eye. And, you know, not only like my dreams and personally, like where I'm at, things are really different. And just like my stage of life, things are really different. But I also think about how much my business has changed and evolved, just how much, how different yoga for you is in the last three years. And, you know, back in 2017, when I started this podcast, I was still dreaming of building like an online yoga studio, really focusing on the physical. But, and I, and I did do that for a while. Some of you may, you know, remember the online studio um, and may have used it. But at the end of the day, like I realized my heart just wasn't in it and it wasn't in that dream anymore. So that's something that not only was created, but also was released um, during that time. It, it was started a little bit before the podcast, but, um, you know, that was kind of my focus when I first started was, you know, having like an online studio and and it just wasn't the same because I like teaching yoga in person. And um, so I, I released that part of my my dream. Um And so, you know, that's changed. I'm now location independent. I don't teach a lot of classes in person anymore. Obviously, you know, podcasting, this podcast is a huge part of my business and then just doing events and trainings and, you know, doing things that focus on helping people journey within. And that's so different than from when I started. And I was, you know, trying to you know, upload online bar classes and power vinyasa and yoga sculpt, which I still love doing. And I also still teach sometimes for fun, but that's not like where my heart is. And it's just so different. 
and um, my dreams are different. And again, a lot of it is just continuing to go in with like no expectations and pure intention. So then when things do change, I'm okay with releasing the old and accepting the new and also accepting the uncertainty of embarking on a new project. And, you know, there's some dreams that I still have that I will act on soon, um, but I haven't yet. And but I'm also extremely content with just where things are right now. And um, so, yeah, so I don't know necessarily what the future will bring. A lot of it is just things are very uncertain, but I'm trying to be content with that. You know, I don't know what motherhood will be like. I don't know what doing retreats during a pandemic will be like or with a baby or I don't know what's coming, but I'm kind of content and okay with, um, or at least I'm trying my best to be content and okay with that and the fact that things have changed so much over the last three years and I'm also, you know, going to have so much more change coming up. Now that it is starting to warm up outside, I feel like these warmer, sunnier days, they're just like calling to me. I want to be outside. I want to be busy. I want to be doing things. And I am so glad that when I'm feeling that energy and I want to go and do that I have factor right there in my fridge so that I don't have to worry about tons of prep for food, big messy meals. I don't have to think about like, oh, what am I going to feed myself this week? It's all done for me with factor. And thanks to Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals that are dietitian approved they're just ready to eat in two minutes. So no matter how busy I get, no matter what the kids have going on, no matter what is on the calendar this spring and summer, I have nutritious, great-tasting meals ready to go. And with over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. I've been loving those add-ons personally. Like you have everything from breakfast to dessert, and you can stay fueled with these easy, nutritious options. You all know my husband likes to take them into the hospital. I like them for those busy days where I'm on the go with the kids, and I can treat myself to these restaurant-quality meals in just two minutes. And we're talking really great ingredients here, like blackened salmon, yes please, and all of that without shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 and use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash in minutes 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. So yeah, so you know what has changed? Literally everything. <laughs> everything has changed. Um but and if you are ever bored, I I don't know. I don't know if you ever get bored. Um but if you ever do get bored, maybe if you just kind of sit down and reflect and just write at like the top piece of paper what has changed over the last three years and then make a list it was really that's what I did it was really really powerful and really illuminating for me because I was just like oh my gosh there's so many things I hadn't even like that's actually what brought me to then sharing you know that tough story for me to share um, earlier in the episode was that I realized that I went through that entire, like, the leading up to going through that situation and then also the recovery, which, you know, I'm still working on. But, you know, the aftermath of all of that, that whole thing, beginning, middle, end, after, all happened within those three years. And and so it just – it was really kind of a powerful experience. Um, another thing that has changed is I have allowed myself more freedom with my meditations. So I continue to explore and learn through my own personal practice and trying to absorb different things and just continue to keep it fresh and the ideas moving and the inspiration flowing. But when I first started this podcast 
And if you haven't gone back and listened to the old episodes, do it. There's still, I still think they're perfectly good meditations. Um, I'm still really proud of those, but they're very much like less of kind of my more creative guided imagery. Um, and they're, you know, like certain styles, like a belly breath meditation, like a present moment meditation. And it's been over time that I've allowed myself to get a little bit more creative and think outside of the box and kind of challenge, you know, what what does a meditation do or what does a meditation teacher do? Um, and I've become a little bit less rigid and I pull more from personal experiences that I've had. And this is something that I want to continue to do. I love learning and I love taking inspiration from things, you know, reading books about meditation, learning different styles, um, you know, kind of going back to school a little bit or finding a new teacher. And this is something that not only has changed, but I look forward to continuing to do going forward. And then I think my biggest change um, is my ability to face my fear and take the leap into the unknown. This is something I didn't even realize was so hard for me and I struggled so much with it until I started um, taking the steps to kind of combat it and to work on it. And I have done so many scary things in the past three years. So many changes, so many unknowns, um, so many opportunities to fail. Some of those opportunities were absolute flops, and that's okay. Some of those opportunities were just, you know, dynamite, and that's okay too. And when it comes to this aspect of my life, looking at fear and dealing with fear, I feel like I am a completely different person now than when I started this podcast. And this is something I want to continue to cultivate. It's also, you know, something that hopefully if you're struggling with this gives you some hope that with time and working on it, you know, that maybe you won't have fear run your life like I was letting it run my life. And I have just found that learning how to not necessarily become fearless, but to acknowledge the fear and live anyways has probably been one of the most important perspective shifts that I've had in life and one of the biggest changes in my life. And there's so many things that if I wouldn't have worked on this and thought about, okay, um, well, (laughs) you know, I'm going to go to a completely different country and do a training um, that, you know, is scary It's really scary, Um, but figuring out how to, you know, acknowledge that that's scary and that that's new and maybe I'm feeling a little nervous about it, but still doing the thing anyways and building up like that self-confidence and, um, you know, really learning how to face fear and take leaps into the unknown. I think that's why, you know, you heard me say just a little bit ago, I'm, you know, I'm really about to totally dive into the unknown, both personally and business-wise and everything, um, but I feel okay and content with it. And I think it's because over the last three years, I've been working so much with living with fear and dealing with fear, but also, you know, being able to take that leap into the unknown and not trying to avoid the unknown or avoid change or anything that's different and knowing that, um, you know, it'll all turn out the way that it's supposed to. And, you know, leaping into the unknown might not be a smooth ride down, Um, but that I'll be okay and learning how to be like content with that. And I really think that's one of the biggest changes and also one of the biggest like transformations and freedoms that I've created in my life over the last three years. So those are kind of my thoughts and reflections. I can't believe how long I've been talking. You probably hear my voice is getting, um, a little, a little froggy from talking for so long, but, um, that's okay. I find, I don't know about you guys, but I find that um, 
since I spend a lot more time alone now, as we all do, that then when I do, you know, maybe record a few episodes or things like that, it's almost like my voice is like weaker. Like I can't talk for as long without um, kind of getting a little bit of like a scratchy throat or like a frog in my throat. I don't know. I don't know if that's a real thing. But um, but yeah, so I've only been, you know, I had some calls and things this morning. And anyways, you don't have to hear about it, But I haven't been talking for, you know, that long throughout the course of the whole day, but I can already feel it in my voice. So just an observation has nothing to do with anything, but (laughs) there you go. Stream of consciousness. So now I wanted to, um, answer your questions. So I asked on an episode earlier this month, also on social media, you know, I let you ask me anything and I picked some of them to answer, which is kind of fun. So first, I have a question from Bella. Thank you, Bella, for being a part of this community. How did you get into writing your own meditations and how did you make meditation a habit? So I made meditation a habit the exact same way that I teach all of you to make it a habit. If you've taken, you know, the free seven day meditation challenge or even, you know, paid for the 31 day meditation challenge, you know that I believe that you pick the first 10 minutes of the day or the last 10 minutes of the day and you just start with like 10, 10 minutes and you either listen to a guided meditation or listen to your breath and you just make it a part of your day and you sync it up with your sleep and you just start doing it just like any habit. And you also, um, I had to remind myself a lot when I was building this habit, like why I was doing it. And then I started to really feel the benefits of it. And then it was almost like, you know, I was kind of addicted to it and it felt like magic and I felt calmer and, you know, I, my anxiety was reducing and it just made me feel so good. And then it was pretty easy to form the habit after that. Like it's just kind of getting through those first few weeks where you immediately feel better after, but like you don't feel the long lasting effects until a little bit later. And so once you do that and you feel those long lasting effects, like if you miss a day, you feel it in the bad way. Um, And so it's pretty easy to build the habit from there. So if you are curious about building your own meditation habit, I would just go over to my website, yogafreeonline.com and just sign up for the free seven day meditation challenge. And I walk you through the whole process by doing just a little bit every day. And that's, I mean, that's that's what I did. That's exactly how I built my meditation habit. And then how did I get into writing my own meditations? They started just as um, really short, just a little bit of guided imagery that I started to use when I began teaching restorative yoga. And I would use them when we would have like a longer shavasana at the end. And it'd be very simple, just a few minutes. And then I'd start getting like some feedback from my students about how they really enjoyed it. And they were actually the ones that said, you know, you should just write meditations or you should record. And, you know, <laughs> years ago, so like you should make a CD, um, which is probably some people listening now like, what's a CD? <laughs> because, you know, I'm getting old, but that's cool. And um, I just started using it as a tool in Shavasana to help bring my students to a deeper place of relaxation. And it kind of evolved from there. And that's that's really it. That's how I got into it. So I have a question from Leslie. Thank you so much, Leslie, for being a part of this community. How long does it take you to write a meditation? Where do you get your inspiration from? I get my inspiration from anywhere and everywhere. A lot of times it's from my life, either something that I'm personally feeling, you know, I'm feeling a lot of frustration or I'm having a hard time with a certain person. Chances are a meditation coming up will probably be, you know, frustration or how to deal with a challenging person or something like that. I I pull from my own um, personal experience. A lot of times the settings are places that I've been before. 
So, you know, there's a meditation that's coming up in a few weeks. That is one for intuitive guidance. And I kind of lead you through like a large library or kind of like a hall of knowledge, if you will. And it's it's based off of a library. It's actually based off of um, the Trinity Library in Dublin, which is a place that I've always really enjoyed um, and that I, I go and I visit every time I'm in Dublin. But um, so a lot of times I just pull my inspiration from just my own experience, places that I've been, how I'm feeling, my own personal meditation uh, practice. And then I use that as kind of a starting point. And then in terms of how long it takes me to write a meditation, it really depends. Sometimes it just like flows and I feel really inspired and I just write it and it can take me like 30 minutes or less. Um, but sometimes I'll work on it for a while. It can, it can take quite a while, maybe a couple hours. Um, sometimes I'll have to walk away from it a little bit, come back. And then also I think, cause I'm not sure if you're wondering, like just to write the meditation part or like to create an episode of the podcast for an episode of the podcast, I usually can expect to spend, um, anywhere from six to 10 hours of like work hours for every like one podcast episode created. Maybe a little bit less for the shorter ones, maybe five to eight. Um, but then definitely like a freeform episode like this is going to be probably like 10 to 12 hours per episode. So that's kind of the minimum that I can expect to spend um, for each episode. Uh, there's someone, a, co- a couple of you are wondering what the name of my baby is. His name is Pork Chop. Um, that's just what we call him. He honestly, truly, as I'm recording this, he still doesn't have one, even though he could kind of come any day now. He still doesn't have one. There's a few that we like. Um, we'll probably just go to the hospital. And then when we see him and, you know, this is very kind of, I don't know, a little woo woo of me. I'll probably just ask him. I'll say, hey, these are the names that we thought for you. Which one is your name? Um, right after I meet him and then I'll see what he says. And my husband is really great and supportive of, you know, when I say things like, you know, well, my soul asked his soul and he said he liked this name. (laughs) He's usually pretty great and um, sweet and, you know, respectful of that. But so we have a few that we like, um, even if but not one picked. And even if I did, I wouldn't share it. Um, We both feel really strongly that the first person to know um, his name will be him. So he's just, he's pork chop. And I, I imagine just for here on out for forever, he'll probably be like 40 years old and I'll still probably call him pork chop sometimes. It's just, I don't know, that name's just really stick stuck and, and yeah. So, um, Julia, hi, Julia. Thanks for being a part of this community. She was wondering when the next in-person retreat is, and I wish I had an answer for you. Um, travel is just, there's, you know, twofold travel is so hard right now. Also, I want to wait and see um, what life is like with a baby before I commit to big travels, especially, you know, at the beginning. So it's kind of twofold. So I have to wait until, one, I can travel again. A lot of the places that I like to go on retreats or have been dreaming of doing retreats um, have closed borders or nearly closed borders. So that's obviously an issue. And I would hate to have people, you know, enroll in something and plan something and then have it change last minute. So I don't have an answer for you, but I do absolutely, um, I would love to return to them in 2021. I just can't tell you exactly when or where. Um, But if you have, you know, those of you that email me and say, I want to go to your next one, this or that, you're on the wait list. So as soon as I figure one out, you personally will, will be one of the first to know and you can decide if it's the right fit for you or not. I would love to return to Iceland in 2021. Um, I also would love to take people back to New Zealand. There's just a handful of places um, 
that I would love to be able to to do and my hope would be 2021 but there's just so much uncertainty right now so but you'll know when when the time comes um Megan just said hi Megan thank you for being part of this community Megan just said Tell us about the monks, <laughs> which you will be really happy, Megan, because next month's Freeform episode is actually all about the monks and twim and loving kindness. So you will get, um, I think you'll really like that that episode. I haven't written, I've planned it out. Um, but yeah, I think that you will, I think you'll, I'll tell you all about the monks next month. So look forward to that. Joey, hi Joey, was wondering what the hardest part about podcasting is. And I think... Like when I first heard that question, um, I thought, oh, it's probably kind of like the slow burn aspect of it. So, you know, putting all the work into something and and it taking a while to kind of like catch on. But I really don't think that's the hardest part. Um, At least for me, honestly, I think the hardest part, not just about podcasting, but about having a business is the tech side of it. Um, I'm not like particularly tech savvy. I feel like I'm average tech savvy for someone my age. Like, you know, I can figure it out. It's not like (laughs) when my, you know, my sweet mother, um, who is a teacher, which all of my teachers listening right now, especially this year, thank you so much for what you're doing. I, I know how hard you're working. You're working so much harder. You're just making it happen. And, you know, you probably feel like no one appreciates what you're doing right now, but I do. You're doing great. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing for our children. Um, but you know, when, when my mom sends, you know, we're chatting and she's has to run conferences via zoom and, you know, says, well, what if I get kicked out of the meeting? Do I have to send everyone a new link? And, you know, things like that. So I like to think of myself as, um, more tech, tech savvy than my mother, but less tech savvy than, you know, someone that maybe works in actual like audio engineering or works in kind of that realm. So I think just like average. So it's not only really hard to kind of figure it out on my end, like if there's some kind a lot of times if there's an issue and I'm just like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? I spend so much time just like Googling and trial and error and just figuring out. But also having to be tech support for other people. So like all of you and, you know, I'm happy to do it. Um, but there's just a lot of times that I get emails and things saying, you know, my, my Spotify isn't working and I can't, you know, I, I can't help with that. You know, I'm not Spotify tech support or, um, you know, people, um, you know, just having a hard time with, with technology in general. And there's so many things that I would love to help with, but I can't because it's just not anything I have control over or power over. Um, So that's really hard. And also from someone that's not like super tech savvy, um, it sometimes can be hard to then walk someone through, you know, if it is something I can help with troubleshooting and things like that. I think that kind of doing the tech support stuff is the hardest and frustrating, you know, most frustrating because it's just, you know, not really like my realm. And I just do my best with it. And um, and then also, you know, not not even necessarily, you know, ha- doing tech support for students and, and listeners and clients and things like that. But then also then on my end where I go and I try to upload something and I'm like, well, I clicked upload, but where did it go? And then and then, you know, I just spend a whole afternoon trying to figure out like where something went out, you know, where in this mysterious cloud did my audio file go? Um, and just for me personally, I think that's like the hardest part and also the most frustrating. I'm happy to do it. It's a part of just, you know, what I do, especially when you work location independent. But that's probably the hardest part. Um, Okay, last question. 
what did I do? This one didn't have um, a name or maybe I just forgot to write it down. So this is your question. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this community. What did I do before yoga for you? Um, I worked uh, for Nordstrom Department Stores and I was a manager for them. So that was when I lived in Minnesota the first time. And um, I started just as like a salesperson and then I was a stylist and which, you know, that's kind of funny. Um, (laughs) Why they ever let me style other people in their clothing, couldn't tell you. And then I went into management um, and then I had, you know, a few different departments that I was managing and then I quit that job and left it when I moved to Missouri. Um, And then I always... Then as I started, once I, I started yoga for you when I moved to Missouri, but I always on the side, probably into the last few years, I was always um, also a nanny for um, newborns and infants. So I really, really love the under one-year-olds. And I always had like a family that I was nannying for either full-time or part-time. And um, that was kind of like my side hustle. That with then teaching in-person yoga classes and then building yoga for you on the side. And then slowly, just as I worked and hustled, um, you know, I could release a little bit of the few other jobs. I also like at one point like managed a gym, which meant like folding towels and scrubbing toilets. Um, So I've had so many just random odd jobs while I was growing yoga for you. And then it wasn't until like the last maybe year or two where then, you know, 100% of my uh my business and my career was yoga for you so that's kind of that's what I did so yeah that's that's it that's all that I have for you my goodness I've been talking for an hour this always happens I always think oh what am I going to talk about and then and then I talk for like an hour so if you're still listening to me thank you so much and thank you for three incredible years wow um check out meditation mama even if it's not your thing if you could share it that'd be amazing you could help me get the word out you could leave like a review over there that'd be really great um because i just feel really passionately that this is something that a lot of pregnant women need and if they don't know it exists they'll never be able to find it and that's the hardest part so if you could help me with that that'd be amazing and that's it thank you so 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 much for letting me do what I do and for listening to me this long. And I hope that you are having just an awesome and wonderful day.